With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, welcome to Evolve. This is Robin White Turtle Disney, and my special guest today is Sally Adderton, who is a healer, a spiritual teacher, a brain tumor survivor at 37, and recovered paralysis to the right side of her face. She walks her talk making a difference in thousands of lives worldwide since she founded Intuitive Arts and Sciences at age 24. For over 30 years, Sally has facilitated individuals and organizations uh, for, with tools with, for personal empowerment, more fulfilling relationships, deeper compassion, freedom through forgiveness, the joy of living with purpose, and has been featured on radio, television, and podcasts as a guest since 1989. She's the author of Energy in Motion, uh, speaker, consultant, spiritual directions coach, and wedding officiant, and she offers strategies, creative support, and practical wisdom from the mystic to the mundane, working with clients from wherever she is in the world via technology. Welcome, Sally! Thank you, Robin! <laughs> I've known Sally since 1990. I don't even know how we met. Oh, I totally remember. We were at Brian Breiling's birthday party. Oh, You were his massage therapist. Yes. And I knew an acupuncturist that Uh I was doing trade with and work with. And she had invited me because she was Brian's acupuncturist to his birthday party it was on mount tam Mm -hmm. and we found out we were both from illinois oh that's right at that party yeah and that's what started it now it could have been 91 but i'm pretty sure it was in 1990 we'll have Mm -hmm. to ask brian when his birthday is (laughs) so sally and i have go way back obviously and we also used to trade sessions for many years after that probably six years oh at least and and actually uh, periodically we would still do work for each other and with each other and for each other yeah right so we were both i was a budding massage therapist at the time and she was uh doing channeling and healing and all kinds of stuff and we traded sessions for a number of years and actually it was through Sally that I was able to develop my mediumistic skills because you used to channel my guide, Wulan. <laughs> well, and Wulan was my guide, too. Yeah. So we shared that. We shared uh, it, yeah. And we met after I'd spoken at the Second World Congress of Healers for Peace in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I had decided, after a vision quest to Mount Shasta, I had built my first... Uh, medicine circle at Mount Shasta, the first day of the Harmonic Convergence mm. in August 16th, 1987. And I had meditated at each of the cardinal points. And then I sat at the center. And the voice of the divine, whatever you wanted to call that, said to me, okay, Sally, now go and teach. And that was 1987. I had started my healing practice in 1985. Uh, I trained with a woman named Marcy Calhoun, Mm -hmm. who is still doing work today. Her book, Are You Really Too Sensitive, came out in 1989. So by the time we met, I had developed my healing practice. I had spoken in New Zealand at a World Congress. Mm -hmm. And after that, I felt very inspired to walk away from real estate which I was doing full-time, yeah, full-time, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and doing my healing practice part-time to devote myself completely to my healing work. Mm-hmm. And 
I expected the universe uh, to allow a lateral move. (laughs) Uh, And so I learned some very important lessons about finances at 29. And it was a very um, important time for me. Mm -hmm. And one of the lessons I learned by seeing my economy change so much, because I'd had this coming, I sold a million dollar building, flew to New Zealand, did a Congress, met the Maori Queen, was a part of this amazing group of people, came back, sold a million-dollar house, and then walked away from that kind of revenue. Mm -hmm. And as my life imploded and I needed to nanny to have a place to live part-time, my ego also got a really good lesson. (laughs) Even though I had this coming-out party as a healer that was international, I learned very clearly, very succinctly, the only thing that mattered was doing good work. Mm -hmm. And it was at that time we were doing really consistent work with each other. Mm -hmm. I was in a... We are. We were. Yeah, we we were doing... Very consistent. I was in in Marin. We were both... Bi-monthly trades. Yeah, we were doing bi-monthly trades. We were both living in Marin. Mm -hmm. Um, I had lost my car. It had been repossessed. (laughs) Sort of. And um, the family that I was helping with and take care of, which I'm still connected to, I saw the mother yesterday, uh, you know, had given me their extra car. And I was really gifted with everything that I needed. Mm -hmm. And in that process during, that was from 1991 until 1993, I I developed a national presence. Mm-hmm. I started working nationally, and then I got grounded in a, an apartment with a friend of mine in San Francisco, and I started, I didn't really start my international work until 94 mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. So fast forward, uh, you had gotten a inspiration, um, I think, in that time period. 1993, I was yeah. coming, it was September of 93, I was coming out of the Rainbow Tunnel, which it was called at that time. Now it's the Robin Williams Memorial Tunnel Mm -hmm. on a bus, because again, I didn't have a car at that point. And I was, had done sessions at a healing center in Sausalito. And I heard very clearly as I'm hitting the Golden Gate Bridge, Sally, we want you to write a book and we want you to call it E-Motion, Evolution, Revolution, and the Human Condition. That's where it started. Yeah. So now you have the book. I have Fantastic. the book. Yeah. It, it took quite a few years for it to actually manifest. Mm-hmm. And the title did change. Um, it became a very significant healing journey for me. Mm-hmm. By 98, I was living in Switzerland. I was engaged to be married. I had a publisher that was a German publishing house. And I really called that era of my my life, my career, my rock and roll era. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was wonderful. And yet the re- re- relationship was beginning to fall apart. I had to come back to Door County to do a wedding in, in Wisconsin. And when I came back... I found a brain tumor. I was diagnosed in Illinois. My mm-hmm. bottom lip was numb. And I had surgery in San Francisco. My friend Brian Silva, who had taught me how to do rebirthing, I do both wet and dry rebirthing, uh, was in the operating room with me. It mm-hmm. was September 8th, 1998. It was a magical and, and amazing time. Mm-hmm. I knew the moment the tumor was diagnosed, that I needed to survive. One of the very first things I learned from Marcy was how to channel life priorities. Mm -hmm. The soul's agenda, the individuation of the soul from the greater cosmic soup. We individuate for a reason. Mm -hmm. Ego gets a very bad rap, but that individuation gives us that content by which we create our name, that creates our numerology, our astrology, our karmic dynamic with our family. Mm -hmm. It's that bigger picture. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And in my priorities, my first one was to heal the relationship to my parents. The second one was to have a balanced male-female relationship. And the third was to be a spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd done a lot of work around the work with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a typical, normal, American, functional, dysfunctional family. And I was traveling internationally as a healer. But that second priority I wasn't quite sure about because my fiancé and I were having issues. So I didn't think it was time for me to leave the planet. Mm -hmm. But three weeks after the surgery, he broke up with me in an email. And then the publisher pulled the contract because I wasn't moving back to Europe. And they needed me there because they were printing in English. And it was a German publishing house. And we have to remember this was very early in technology. Mm -hmm. Email, the businesses weren't online yet in 1998, really. Mm -hmm. So the book got left behind. Mm -hmm. But now you have it, and it's right here in my hands. And it evolved. It's a better book because the stories that are in it, they're real stories of real clients who let me use even their names, Mm -hmm. not always first and last, Mm -hmm. but they were able to, I was able to go back to all of them, ask their permission again. Mm -hmm. They were able to add content Mm -hmm. of what it meant to them 25 years ago, 24 years ago to do the work. And it became much richer, Mm -hmm. more mature Mm -hmm. material. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to change the name because now we were, Post-technology, mm-hmm. if it would have been e-motion, it was before we had really e-commerce, you email. know, e-email. Well, yeah. we had email, but we didn't really have e-business. The yeah. dot-gone era hadn't happened. That happened around 99, 2000. Yeah. And businesses really went online during what I call the double O's. Yeah. And so the, the book had to change the name, mm-hmm. and it became Energy in Motion. It's what I believe we are. We are perpetual motion machines. Yeah. So what I want to talk about is you have three parts to the book, which I think is really interesting. Of course, evolution, intuition in everyday life. Uh, The second part is revolution, perceiving beyond the apparent, and the human condition, healing the fourth dimension. So how did these sections evolve. I mean, I know you had been given this evolution, revolution, and the human condition as the three parts of it, but it seems that this intuition in everyday life, you're, you're spanning so many things that I think it are really, it's really interesting, and it's, it's challenging because you're trying to like get a whole life story, really, and your, you know, the, the challenge of the brain tumor, and uh, how you overcame that and all of the other things. Um, uh, and then also you're talking about huge concepts in the world, like how, why are we here and what are we doing here? So, so talk a little bit about the first part of this and how you got into... Well, I studied anthropology, Robin. Uh-huh. My minors, I have two of them. One is in women's studies, and one is in sociology. Mm-hmm. And I followed more of a track that was cultural anthropology than anything else. I graduated from Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, and it was one of the first women's studies programs in the country. Mm-hmm. And I got a BS instead of a BA. Mm-hmm. Most anthropology students did language skills and then went into the Peace Corps. I had many friends that did that. I took early programming languages, Fortran and Cobalt, because I knew then how important computers were going to be. Mm-hmm. And by the time I graduated, I really wanted to do my Ph.D. work on women's concepts of power. Mm-hmm. And how we understand personal power. And you can't understand women's concepts of power without understanding male mm-hmm. concepts of power. Mm-hmm. So I was the only humanist that was actually in the department of the women's studies department. Most were feminist. And I began to see, as I developed my, my more of my metaphysical knowledge, that in order for the human species itself to survive, this is coming from an anthropology perspective, that we need to move the compass of what we think is real and true from outside of ourselves, projecting power to the authority figures, to them, to those, to they, Mm -hmm. and we needed to bring it back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Instinct is natural. 
it's normal. It's not mystic. No, exactly. <laughs> it's it's something we all have. Right. Every single one of us mm-hmm. have intuition. Mm-hmm. So it's like every single one of us could be a tennis player. But some of us don't have as much coordination and balance. But you could learn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Every one of us could paint, be a good chef, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It would take practice. There's a reason that on the spiritual journey and spiritual path, we have a practice. Mm -hmm. It's not a destination. It's something that we're continually learning. Mm -hmm. It's the same with intuition. And I learned very early how to use my natural gifts in a way that could be in service to others. Mm -hmm. So seeing it from the perspective of the first section of the book, Intuition in Everyday Life, you know, how do we know that where our parking spot's going to be. Mm-hmm. How do we know if it's a good time to make a telephone call? How do we know it's a good time to broach a conversation with somebody that you know is going to be difficult? Those practical moments of timing can make absolute difference of what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. It could be a struggle to find the parking spot, or it could be ease to have that conversation because you picked the right moment mm-hmm. where they were open and receptive to have that conversation. So the first section of the book is really about looking at what are your natural gifts, how do you evolve them, and really exercise and practice them. My editor, David Colin Carr, did an excellent job of taking the material that was originated in 93 and evolved through till 98. Um, And then, again, fast forward to 2000. Uh, I think it was 14 when he edited it, um, the book itself, uh, he said, you've got to make this practical, Sally. Mm -hmm. You have to change the title. And we negotiated and came up. It's like renaming your child. Right. And we negotiated (laughs) to energy and motion, spelling it out. And then at the end of every chapter, he instructed me to write an exercise. So the book itself is written as a teaching tool. Mm-hmm. That you can, you don't have to go to an intuitive development workshop. You can get two of your friends or one of your friends. You can buy the book. You can do the exercises at the end of the book, end of each chapter. Right. And you can work on developing and practicing in partnership with your own community. Right. And I really like how you did that at the end of each chapter. You've got like some questions, you know, what kind of an ultra sensitivity comes naturally to you? You know, questions where people can probe. Into self-exploration. self-exploration instead of looking yeah. and externally and learning a system right which i think systems are important i'm not right. saying that systems aren't important right but i do believe in order for us to evolve mm-hmm. as a species that it's not about the systems right it's about the innate gifts that right. each of us possess so somebody could buy your book and and take a look at the chapters, and, and they could actually organize a couple of friends together, and they could do self-exploration. Totally. It's like the, like the inquiry that the Diamond Heart people do, in a sense. You exactly. Like there's, a, there's a sense of self-exploration about your own intuition, about you know, what's uh, your, your imagination, about dreams. You, you explore all of that in the first section. So, you know, I think that there's a title of one of the uh, chapters here, um, that talks about psychic etiquette. Uh-huh, and the ethics of intuition. Mm-hmm. That one for me is really important. Mm-hmm. We all are opinionated. <laughs> and we all have the ability to look at other people's stories and see them in a way that they themselves cannot. Mm-hmm. How many friends do you have tell you what to do? Oh, I know how you're going to solve that problem. And launch into this... Mm-hmm diagnosis of how you need to fix your relationship with your boss or handle your child. And sometimes it feels like an invasion Mm -hmm. when all you really want to do is just vet Mm -hmm. and vent and let those emotions out. You've got your friend telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. So the first part, I believe, or one, even though it's not one of the first chapters in that section, I think a really important part to look at is, Advice giving mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being compassionate and being sensitive. Ultra sensitivity 
is about being more sensitive than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. I do not define the meek as the weak. Mm -hmm. The meek are the ultra-sensitives. They're the compassionate ones. They're the caring ones. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are the best examples of human beings. Right. Well, and they're sensitive to other people's feelings, emotions, and traumas, and then the Often, a lot of us end up being healers. <laughs> so We're all healers. Here we are. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're an accountant. Yeah. Think of the stress people have about money. Yeah. And your job is to organize their money. You are a healer. Yeah. It doesn't matter that your, your diagnosis isn't MFA or, you know, PhD, PhD doctor. Yeah. It says CPA. You're still a healer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break and come back. I'm talking with Sally Adderton. She is the author of Energy in Motion, Evolution, Revolution, and the Human Condition. And we will be right back. Hi, thanks for listening to the show. This is Robin White Turtle Lisney. I wanted to let you know what else I do in the world besides this radio show. I'm an energy medicine practitioner, intuitive, psychic, and medium. Uh, I work privately out of my home in uh, Capitola, California, but I work across the country uh, by phone or by FaceTime. I also uh, work out of East West Bookshop. I'm there usually on Fridays. I also have books. Uh, My first book was Dancing Up the Moon. The second was Sacred Living, and both of those were by Kanori Press. Um, they're currently out of print, but I have a lot of newer books, Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, uh, two poetry books, Poems for the Lost Deer, and my newest is called Mosaic, New and Collected Poems. All of my work focuses on cultural change and how we can change within ourselves, whether or not it's my personal changes as reflected in poetry, or uh, whether it's cultural change that's occurring on a larger scale. Uh, my books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, focus on self-love, and I often teach people how to love themselves, the discordant parts that we all have. I'm also a visual artist, and you can see my artwork on my websites. The first is www.thecenterforthesoul.com, S-O-U-L, and the other is bluebonebooks.com. And now we'll go back to the show. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, we're back. This is Robin White Turtle Listening. The show is Evolve, and my special guest is Sally Adderton. She's the author of Energy in Motion, Evolution, Revolution, and the Human Condition. And we're discussing her book. Uh, we're in section two now. And there's so much in this book. I mean, what I love about what you've done is you've You've brought in channeling, you've brought in dreams, you've brought in, you know, intuition and how do you get your muscle going. And then in part two, revolution, perceiving beyond the apparent, um, you move into like where we are in the world and spiritual revolution. And then you bring in teaching in different forms and teaching with the guides. And of course, as we mentioned in the top of the show, we have shared a guide for many, many years. Wulan is an omnipresent guide who works with many different people. And he can come to people all over the place. It doesn't have to come to just you or me. And um, But he's been a, a guy. He's helped me write books, and he's helped you write books. and so He helped me survive a brain tumor. He helped you survive a brain tumor. So he's a very wonderful, benevolent, loving spirit who... Um, 
to me is like resting in the arms of God. You know, like I always feel very careful. I feel like I crawl in his lap sometimes even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. Wulan um, has such, a, there's a channeled message that he did in, night, in March of 94, actually was when I, I, I really got into writing the book. And he said, you know, decades later, he's like, no, 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 don't edit it. I want to say the same thing. And I had a, a reader recently tell me that she's having tea with Wulan all the time and how fun it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we get this idea that a, a spirit guide needs to be an ascended master or one of the uh, archangels and that there's some kind of hierarchy. One of the things that I really do not believe in is hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I do not believe God, in whatever the name you use, thinks that there are some souls that are more important in their plan than others. Mm-hmm. I think that our lives are roles that we create to learn about love. I think that's the common denominator, that we come to this planet to give and receive and learn about love. Mm -hmm. We want to make it more complicated. So we have these guides that can be like friends. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to teach them or treat them like friends. Be respectful. Be honorable. Listen to them. I don't always listen to my friends, and I don't always listen to my spirit guides. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I really wish I had. (laughs) That's one of the lessons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we teach best what we failed at and had to get up from mm-hmm. and be humble about. Mm-hmm. There are several instances in my life where I really didn't listen. Mm-hmm. And I paid the consequences. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow I just keep at it because I haven't done that second priority of having a balanced male-female relationship. Mm-hmm. But in this relationship with Ulan, you know, he... He gives us such kind, kindness, mm-hmm. and and really good, insightful information. You said that he helped you write... Heart, heart Path. Heart Path, uh, learning to love yourself and listening to your guides, teaches about... Um, it's, it's really a conglomeration of six years of classes that I taught on spirit guides and intuition and developing your intuition. And I, I did that class for years because I kept getting people that were really trying to discover their intuition. And then I would also, we would talk, we'd have a discussion, we'd check in, we'd you know create a safe space, you know first of all, and then we would do all the other stuff. And then we would, I would channel Wulan, and Wulan would come in and he would do healing with each one of the people and talk to them about their life process. And um, and then I took all that information, and, and a lot of the questions were big questions. You know, they were like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? You know, like there, there were questions that everybody has. And uh, so I put it in Heart Path, and then I went back, got my doctorate, and wrote Heart Path Handbook, and that's the my dissertation. And that was an extension from Heart Path of how do, how do you use the Heart Path process that Wulan and I developed over time. How do we develop that? How do you, how do I teach that now to other people? So, you that, know, Dale, that's what we did. So, so in in um, Norman Vincent Peale, Dale Carnegie, some of these you know early ideas of manifesting in power. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened recently to. A book that Napoleon Hill had actually written in the late 30s called Creating Miracles. A lot of us have a tendency to think that mystical or a lot of the, you know, the secret and all these different things that came out more in the 80s and 90s were early ideas of I think and grow rich was done at the turn of the century, Mm -hmm. right? And Actually, when Napoleon Hill was interviewing all of these inventors and all of these early, very successful bankers, each one of them talked about having spirit helpers. Hmm. Even though this book had been written about creating miracles in the late 30s, it didn't get published until a year after his death in 1971. 
the collective consciousness wasn't ready for it. But mm-hmm. think of the cultural revolution, because that's the section of the book that we're in. Right. The cultural revolution that was happening in the 70s with women's liberation, with uh, free love, you know, flower power, opening our consciousness, a lot of psychedelics. Thank you, Ram Das. This idea of having spirit helpers and the non-material world be as as important as the material world Mm -hmm. began to really get integrated Mm -hmm. and each layer of awakening of the consciousness happens in what we call the zeitgeist you know the amorphic field that energy that is where all of us are connected Mm -hmm. having our spirit guides be a part of our life helps break down the illusion that we're ever alone Mm -hmm. because the truth is we're not right right Right. And they give us great ideas. I mean, Einstein got his theory of, of, of um, not evolution, but his theory of relativity in a dream. Well, and, and, you know, and so did Singer. Yeah. Singer had tried hundreds of patents to figure out how to do a sewing machine. And it wasn't until a dream where he saw that he was putting, threading the wrong end of the needle. Uh-huh. As soon as he saw that in a dream, we got the Singer sewing machine. Uh-huh. So we cannot underestimate either the people that we meet yeah. ever, because yeah. we never know who's in that body really. Right. They could be a spirit guide, and we don't really know it. Right. That that the divine has put them at the checkout counter, or at the bus stop, or wherever it is, to give them a direct message that's going to help them fulfill their life's purpose. Right. That can be a spirit guide, too, just as right. much as the information could be coming from a dream, or it could come through meditation or holding a crystal. There is living consciousness in everything. It goes back to that idea of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I am unwilling to say a stone that has been on the planet for millions of years has no consciousness just because it's denser. Mm-hmm. We already know from quantum physics that everything is really just movement of energy in space and time, and that there's different levels of space in between the molecules. So human beings love to think that we're the top of the food chain. Right. And yet there is this idea that I I heard Thich Nhat Hanh, the wonderful, wonderful Vietnamese Buddhist teacher, say once when he was taking a sip of tea, he said, now I'm going to drink the cloud. And it gave me this very visceral understanding of that rainwater that had fallen to the earth dropped into the earth and became a part of the table water that then got into some aqua system that went to a pipe Mm -hmm. that went into some container that went into a bottle that or came to his cup and was brewed into tea Mm -hmm. you know this and it goes this goes back to the title of the book we're energy in motion Mm-hmm. One of the early uh, mystic arts I learned was psychometry, mm-hmm. to hold an object and let that object t- talk. Mm-hmm. So that object then becomes a spirit guide because that object holds the memory of everything that was a part of it. Mm-hmm. It will hold the memory, if it's gold, of the pressure of the earth that created the mineral content that gathered together. And so our sensitivity allows us to get that deep of information. But I also believe that in the the wisdom of the human design, the unconscious is as important. Oh, sure it is, because it absolutely guides and directs us, even though we're not always aware that it's doing that. And I think that overwhelm is very... um, disabling and a Mm -hmm. part of the cultural challenge right now robin is how to know what noise to pay attention to there is so much noise because the collective consciousness became physical through the internet right that was the physical manifestation of the amorphic field right and so we carry around 
the entire universe of knowledge, thought, history, and design in our hand in our phone. Right. We are carrying around a vortex of energy that is the record of all things known by human beings. Right. That portal of energy can overwhelm anyone. Right. How many people that do you know are stressed, overworked, busy, and can get move into a frenetic place mm-hmm. without having meditation or quiet time in their life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you kind of can't survive it anymore without the meditation. As far as I'm concerned, like I can't, I can't. I mean, I just don't not start my day without meditation. I have to have that in order to get myself into a place of connection. You know, I want that. Want to reconnect every day. Every well, day. another one of our connections is Matthew Fox, the great theologian. Right. And, you know, Matt, when I was in graduate school, a year to the day that I got out of the surgery, I was actually in a class in a graduate program accredited through Naropa with Matt Fox. Mm-hmm. And I took one chapter of this book on forgiveness, mm-hmm. and I created my master's thesis about it. We can talk about that more in mm-hmm. the in a talking about the third section of the book, the human condition. Uh-huh. But in this experience of when I was in graduate school in 1999 through 2001, Matt wrote a book called One River, Many Wells. And he talked about, again, that understanding of spiritual path, that it doesn't matter which well you tap into. It doesn't matter if you're praying to Jesus or Kuan Yin or, you know, some Yogananda. other Yogananda mm-hmm. or even the Wiccan path or Mm -hmm. where, you know, or it's the, the, you know, some people think that if it's ancient Egypt, if I'm praying to Isis or talking with Isis, or if I'm with Hermes from the Mm -hmm. mystic traditions of the Egyptians, that somehow that's going to, again, go back to that understanding of hierarchy. Those are just different wells and different voices into the same river. Mm Mm-hmm. Prayer and meditation are the only two things that anyone needs on the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. We need to be asking the divine for help, which is what prayer is. It's not begging, but it's asking those questions of how how do I be the best person? What is the best solution to deal with? you know, this issue, or how can I be in the greatest service? Mm-hmm. And then we need to listen for the answer. We mm-hmm. have to slow down. Right, which is what meditation is. Which is what meditation is, yeah. and we have to be able to listen. Right. Developing our intuition is about developing our listening skills. When people right. ask me, how do you do your work, I do deep listening. Right. It's not, again, magical, mystical. I deeply listen. And yeah. our spirit guides... If we're able to listen to a rock, that's deep listening. Mm-hmm. And I've had crystals tell me specifically, again, what to do, create solutions. I Just yesterday, I was disposing and sharing and dispersing. Um, the A friend, dear friend of mine has passed on, and I was left with giving away her final possessions. Mm-hmm. And one of her crystals that she had told me very specifically who it was to go to. And so my job then was to not edit mm-hmm. and go deliver. Mm-hmm. And you know, that person was delighted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely delighted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately... No matter what our job description is or what we think our purpose is, I go back to it's loving and being loved. Mm -hmm. And so we're always in service and even trusting that that crystal somehow needed to go from where it was to where it is because it's going to serve that person. Right. And maybe it was just knowing that, that having that memory, it's that physical object that, that it's not about the icon. It's not about the bells or the bowls or the shields or the, you know, whatever those implements and tools that we use for spiritual practice, whether it's your pipe or your drum or your rosary or your candle or or your candle. It's not that. It's the intention and the feeling that you have when you're accessing it, using it. Yeah. 
I I do understand what you're saying about the hierarchy, and I disagree a little because I do feel that we're here to grow into our natural state, which is divine love. But I think we're already there. Well, I do believe we're already there, and we get blocked by our fears and angers. So we're saying the same thing. We're actually saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. I see it more as a revelatory process, Mm -hmm. an unveiling process, Mm -hmm. instead of an 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 ascending process. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. For me, it it is about... Uh, loving our fears and angers and I believe the same par- thing those subconscious aspects of ourselves um, so that we can then become more love and more compassionate with ourselves so I understand what you're saying in the hierarchy uh, I believe I, there's a lot of theories about this right right I mean read the Arantia book I mean, there are very clear ideas of the level of hierarchy of angels, the level of hierarchy of, and honestly, I think a lot of it is just mental um, extrapolation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's important. I think what's important is the human, human dynamic, mm-hmm. which is really what the, the third section of the book is about. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So... I'm with Sally Adderton. She's the author of Energy in Motion. Um, The subtitle is Evolution, Revolution, and the Human Condition. And we'll be right back. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture. With your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. So we're back. This is Robin White Turtle Listening. The show is Evolve, and I'm with Sally Adderton. She's the author of the new book, Energy in Motion, Evolution, Revolution, and the Human Condition. And uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, your second part, which was revolution, and now we're moving toward the human condition. And I also want to be sure to get your website in there, because that has a lot of material that's part of this book and also things that you've been teaching for oh, many for, years. Oh, for many, many years. And in fact, it's perfect that we're talking about the human condition piece because, and the fourth dimension piece because I give away free chakra charts that I designed in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And one of my chakra charts I have never seen designed in the way that I've done it. My website is intuitiveartsandsciencesand.com. Mm-hmm. My name is spelled Sally Adderton, A-D-E-R-T-O-N. Don't give me two Ds. That changes my numerology, and I like my 11. So on my website, you can get my chakra charts for free. You can get my five steps to forgiveness, which was the one chapter from this book that became my whole master's thesis. Mm -hmm. I designed through the process of doing lots of memory recovery work with people and past life is from this moment to yesterday. Mm -hmm. It could even be this morning. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you believe in reincarnation or not. What I can tell you is that if it's not real, it is a very effective placebo. (laughs) And that placebo has children on the planet that are now graduating from college. It's hard for me to imagine that I've aged that much, but I have. Mm. And in the five steps to forgiveness, I began to see through doing regression work that in order to really forgive, that first we had to own what we got. Mm -hmm. I'm angry. I'm sad. Right. I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, whatever it is. You got to be with I what feel, it is. I, I feel betrayed. We have to really own what we got. Yeah. The second step is we have to completely get out of our story and our projection on the story and what we think is right and why we're right. And we need to come from the perspective of the person or ourself mm-hmm. who made those choices that created pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to truly be empathetic. It's from that perspective that then 
we can let go of the anger. We can let go of the fear. And it's only after we change the emotion that we're able to truly understand why it happened. Mm -hmm. And from there, we're able to make a change. Mm -hmm. So that's the five steps. Most of us as human beings want to understand why you did it first. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we don't want to forgive until we understand. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, we can't understand if we're seeing it through our own perspective. Right. So this began to help me with that understanding of what the fourth dimension is. There are fifth dimensions. There are sixth dimensions. I've met fifth dimensional beings that can walk through walls. That's Mm -hmm. a whole nother radio show. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're in a time in collective consciousness where we're moving from the third dimension. And I define that as moving from moving our idea and concept of personal power from my will over your will to love. Mm -hmm. That love is the power. Right. And as we do that, we're moving from our reality base being in the third chakra, which is not power, which is will, actualization, confidence, choice, Mm -hmm. to the fourth, which Mm -hmm. is our heart. Mm -hmm. Which is compassion and love and And harmony. Harmony and a peaceful world, Robin, is not a world where there's not conflict. A peaceful world is where we choose not to hurt each other to resolve that conflict. That we actually use the intelligence that we like to talk about we have as human beings. Mm -hmm. So moving from the fourth dimension also moves our consciousness from the understanding of body, mind, and spirit to really honoring the true fourth dimension, which is timelessness, Mm -hmm. according to science, Mm -hmm. which is feelings, emotions. When I have my clients say, well, I'm, I'm feeling angry, I say to them, how old do you feel? And they'll say five. Right. And they might be 55. Right. So you're letting a five-year-old regressed aspect of self make decisions for a 55-year-old, and you're wondering why your life isn't working? <laughs> well, and that's really common. I run into it all the time. People, a lot of times we get stuck at that age, five or six, or we get stuck at the teenage years just when we're transitioning from childhood to adulthood. Or we get stuck when our husband leaves us, or or, we get stuck when we get fired, or we get stuck when we have a brain tumor. Right. Right? Right. Right. I'm still doing recovery work from my brain tumor 20 years ago. Right. I'm still having flashbacks and things that I'd forgotten that had happened. Right. And... I do believe that recovery is kind of an illusion because mm-hmm. it goes back to energy and motion, the title of the book. We're always evolving. My perspective is always changing. So as I'm moving from the body, which is the physical, the emotional, which is the water, which is the feelings, mm-hmm. to the mental, which is the mind and our thought and the element of air, Then the spiritual, the fourth is spiritual fire. Mm -hmm. Now we talk about four directions and prayer circles with, or seven directions in prayer circles, Mm -hmm. you know, east and west and north and south, above, below and within. Mm -hmm. You know, there are concepts that bring us back to um, seeing these different matrices, we'll call them. Right. And so I see the matrix of the chakra system I see actually the fourth chakra, which is the heart, as the sacred marriage of heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. The earth being our body and the spirit being our eternal self. So the finite, which is the body, this Mm -hmm. is finite, it Mm -hmm. doesn't last. We borrow our body and our personality and our storyline, but our spirit's eternal. That's the evolution of the consciousness is to remember that eternal self. The planet of earth itself is dark. We borrow the light from the sun, or we invent light from capturing fire, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Light doesn't exist here. So, Inside the earth. No. We, have, we, we borrow light from the stars. We borrow light from the sun. Mm-hmm. At night, right? Mm-hmm. It goes dark. Mm-hmm. So a part of what this moving into a fourth dimension is, is also understanding that black and white, good and bad, are actually shades of gray. 
Right, right. Right? right. So, so the fourth dimension for me is really moving our concept from the crown chakra being the highest, mm-hmm. the most high, to our ability to marry the dark and the light, the heaven and earth, in our heart. Mm-hmm. Our heart chakra is where air which is the chakra, uh, which is the element of the mind, air is the element of the mind, meets water, which is the element of feelings. Mm -hmm. This is why bubbles are so important to us, because it's the meeting of heaven and earth, which is really what life is about for the human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The root chakra is primal. It's earth. It's very, very, you know, it's It's food shelter, clothing, and sex. Mm -hmm. Sex is actually in the root chakra. It's not in the second. Sexuality, bringing feelings and emotions, sensuality, bringing the earth element with the water element, which happens, that happens in the second chakra. This is why it's all about creativity, bringing forth life, but it's the sensual aspect of it, the feeling aspect of it. Which is in the second chakra. Which is in the second chakra. Sex itself, the primal act, is in the root, sensuality, putting the feelings with it. Mm -hmm. And they can be negative feelings, too. Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about positive. Yeah. So in this extension of the chakra system, I feel like as we move this sense of power from the third chakra, my will over yours, to the fourth chakra, we have the potential to create heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the fifth dimension doesn't isn't real. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in simplifying the conversation, (laughs) simplifying the chakra systems. And so the chakra charts that I give away for free on my website help begin to build that basic information. And if you're inspired to take the information further, then take it further. Mm -hmm. But there's no one right spiritual path. Right, right. Right. So we can develop our spirituality, our intuition, however we're meant to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all in this together, no matter what the well is that we're drinking from. No matter what the well is or matter, no matter what our job description is. Mm -hmm. I'm not more important because I have a master's degree. You're Mm -hmm. not more important because you have a Ph.D. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has billions of dollars is not more important in God's plan. Yes, I use the G word. I'm a good Methodist. I belong to Glide in San Francisco. (laughs) Um, We have a, it's a habit. I think it's a habit. I love. What's a habit? Believing that the hierarchy is real. That people are more important. I think effort is important and needs to be rewarded and acknowledged. But it's the abdication of responsibility and it's the abdication of our own personal authority that I think is a part of the problem. Well, we... In other words, from my perspective, you can't bypass your emotions that are negative and assume a higher level of uh, spiritual light or consciousness if you're not dealing with them. And, and that means everything from the past. So if there's emotions stuck in the past, we have to bring them forward, experience them, and let them go in order to and acknowledge them, first of all. We right, have to first ownership. Have to ownership, we have to acknowledge them, then we can let them go. We can't, right. we can't do anything if we don't get out of denial. And what that does, though, is that stops the memory of the abusive parent having the power. Right. The authority over you. When right. you let go of the anger and the sadness and the grief right. and the sense of betrayal. Right. Think of this, that 70% of the body is water. And 30% is mineral content that basically frameworks the water. Right. You rewire the water system, then as it's the response mechanism of the soul to experience. Then you can walk into the same bar that maybe you walked in before and you broke up with your boyfriend and it was awful, you do the forgiveness work around that particular traumatic experience to walk into the same bar and it doesn't feel bad anymore. Right. Right? Right. Because you're not bringing with it the The emotional baggage that... That's been wired into a framework within the, the molecules of your body. Right. That hold it in form. Right. That we have the power through forgiveness to rewire that. Right. Right. And then for... Have a different experience. Right, right. And then allow ourselves consequently to evolve to a, a, a more enlightened state of consciousness because we're... And yet we're to bringing... not use that as a weapon 
right over oh, others sure. oh sure but then we're we're able what i wanted to say is we're able then to bring that awareness of that part of our story um, and then remember it as a memory, but not necessarily have a charge around it that then right. allows us to become more aware of, you know, what was our lesson with that breakup? You know, what do we have an experience of? How was that experience important to our lives? And how can I take this into having an even better relationship next time? Right, exactly. You know, we have this idea that forgiveness means forgetting. It doesn't mean forgetting. It means changing our viewpoint and our understanding and remembering maybe from the lesson instead mm -hmm. of the pain. Right, 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 right. And I think those lessons, um, I mean, they are the essence of what we're here for is learning. This is schoolhouse earth. You know, I learned that many years ago from my first teacher, Jeanette Snyder, who was an astrologer. She, you know, she said, you know, this is schoolhouse earth, honey. It's all about the lessons. And I appreciated that so much, and I use that all the time because it's true. I mean, if we can get to the lesson, then we can get to forgiveness, and we can also get to compassion for the other person, and we can let go of that karmic relationship. So bringing up your first astrologer, suddenly I'm seeing Donna, my first astrologer, <laughs> laughing at me because I'm a zero degrees Aries, which means I was born at the very beginning of the sign of Aries. And I used, and I said, and I was saying to her, you know, I'm kind of Pisces, I'm kind of feeling, and she's laughing hilariously, and she's like, oh my God, honey, you were so Aries, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. She also told me, I was 24, she told me that my real success my real visibility in the world wouldn't come until after my second Saturn return. The book came out when I was 56, and mm. I'm in my second Saturn return right now. Mm. Now, when I was 28 years old, speaking in a World Healing Congress, my ego at the time was like, maybe she was wrong. And mm. by the time I was in the rock and roll era in 95, 6, 7, 8, you know, I'm thinking she was wrong. Well, it took me until now... For me to have the first book come out mm -hmm. and to feel um, healthy enough and value self, self, my self-worth. Mm -hmm. There were so many self-esteem issues for me that were a part of my brain tumor. My mm -hmm. brain tumor was in the fifth chakra. Mm -hmm. In order for me to heal the issues that, were, that manifested in the fifth chakra, I really had to heal my issues in my third. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So in or this is my whole chakra chart that I have that I right. that I call the relationship chart that shows how if I've got lower back issues in my hips, if I work on my faith, my I will survive differently. Mm -hmm. If I have issues creating the, the, what I dream about and what I want in your sixth chakra, in my sixth chakra. Mm -hmm then maybe I have to change what I'm passionate about and what I, where my feelings are. Mm -hmm. If I'm having a lot of negative feelings about my artwork and I'm really feeling all this negativity that nobody values it, it's not important, I'm thinking that as well. Mm -hmm. Manifesting isn't just thought. Mm -hmm. Feeling is a very important part of it. Right. And that's why instead of looking at the world from body, mind, and spirit, which is so last season, mm -hmm. It's limiting it, right. because the mind isn't the feelings and the feelings not the mind and the feelings isn't the body. We have to have the emotion in there. To me, it's body, mind, spirit, emotions. You know, or And our friends Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza, the guys, the neuroscience guys that are now bringing all this scientific information. You know, God bless these beings. Mm -hmm. But I read the Tao of Physics in 1986. Mm -hmm. Fritz Oskapper book about the meeting of... of Spirit, you know, spirituality and, and physics was happening a lot of decades ago. Mm -hmm. You know, Oprah's favorite book of, of Gary Zukoff was, you know, The Seed of the Soul. Mm -hmm. My favorite book was The Dancing Wooly Masters. Mm -hmm. I, that book was the precursor where he talked about Eastern philosophy meeting again physics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in The Seed of the Soul, he really talks about spiritual hierarchy that dogs and cats are less than. And I know a few dogs and cats that have been my teacher. <laughs> well, and I think the bottom line 
in our conversation here, especially about your last section, the human condition, to me is that emotion is where the rubber hits the road, where our, the, the rubber of our soul, of our spirit, of our earthly experience hits the reality of the physical uh, earth plane. And we work it out through the emotion. And we need to have acknowledgement and understanding of our emotion in order to access that integration so that the two can be integrated. That's, that's my experience of emotion and why that's so important. And, of course, you move the energy, you move your emotions, you know. You, right. You, and you, you can dance up, it out can, or you can drum it out. You can talk it out. You can walk it out. You can walk it out. Yeah. You can cry it out. You know, you have a little sister named Sally, mm-hmm. and you have karma with your sister Sally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like your little sister Sally. Mm-hmm. We assume that who we're looking at is who we're seeing, mm-hmm. and yet we're often projecting onto people, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that storyline was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, this what comes up for me in this part of our conversation is about past lives. Mm-hmm. Just like we were talking about, you know, thinking that your feeling was coming from being a child. You know, how many people have you met where you automatically have a response to them like, ooh, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's past life. And often it's past life. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I had a client who you know, was feeling really bad about this one woman who, she was in a golf foursome and the golf, there was one woman on the golf foursome who just kept ignoring her. Well, she totally expected to go into the past life where, you know, this woman had hurt her because the feeling that she was having from this woman was, I want to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Well, in the past life regression, my client saw herself killing this woman, Mm -hmm. right? So the truth is that woman did want to hurt my client. She had lost the battle before, Mm -hmm. right? So my client did the forgiveness work around it, and, you know, they could have a golf foursome now and have cocktails afterwards and be friends. Mm -hmm. It completely changed the dynamic. Mm -hmm. Shirley MacLaine in the last season of Oprah said, when we really understand that reincarnation is real, we will stop killing each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and thank God there are a whole lot of people that now see that that what goes around does come around and that we have to forgive through to, to create, to end our karma with other people, to create a, piece of, a more peaceful world and stop all the conflict. So. And, and this is where I don't necessarily subscribe or, or want to... Um, encourage people to think that the ideas of reincarnation are classically Hindu, that I'm doing better in this life for the next life. Mm -hmm. I think the power with all spiritual traditions say it's in the now. Mm -hmm. So I believe that I'm not doing the reward for later. I'm doing it for now. Like this whole idea of pay it forward and random acts of kindness, you know, they aren't random. Right. They're intentional acts of kindness. Right. They are not random. Mm-hmm. Randomness is not real. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason, but we don't have to have time to figure it out all the time. Right. So and how do you know what to pay attention to, Robin? Well, and we don't, I mean, what we pay attention to is what's up for us emotionally. To me, that's, that's what we need to pay attention to. And figuring things out doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have a solution that's reasonable to our emotions but a lot of times what we're doing is we're replaying that argument or replaying that accident or we're replaying that experience exactly so keeping our attention on it doesn't allow us unless we actually do the forgiveness work around that that's what ptsd is about right 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 Right? it's it's a part of us that's broken off that's still going over that incident and trying to figure out what happened and understand it and once we are able to bring that part back and say, you know, that was then and this is now, and here's what's the lesson from it, and can you now forgive yourself for being in there, and can you forgive the other people, and can you forgive your enemies, and, you know, then that's when the peace comes. So, you know, yeah. I think there's one more thing that we need to add to our conversation. In this idea of the amorphic field, mm-hmm. and 
Science has proven that we're all one. Mm -hmm. Another big assumption that we make, besides that our feelings are about the present moment, we also make the assumption that they're ours. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we develop our intuition is also to learn how to create good boundaries. Right. We cannot say yes without having a very authentic no. Mm -hmm. And if I don't really know how I feel about something... I often then feel victimized right. because I made the decision based on not my own feelings, mm -hmm. my own inner knowing, my own inner compass. I made the decision and choice out of what I was feeling my peers were doing. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Or my family expected of me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This is the idea that we've got to bring the sense of, of authority back into our own inner being. Mm -hmm. No one in the world gets to be us. Mm -hmm. And we only get to be us once. Mm -hmm. My job is to be the best Sally Adderton I can be. Mm -hmm. Your job is to be the best Robin Lisney you can be. Yeah. Nobody else can do it. Right. I'm glad I get to know you. <laughs> in this form. Yeah. In this, you've always felt like my big sister. Oh, thanks, Sal. Well, I've been talking to Sally Adderton. She is the author of Energy in Motion, and it is focused on evolution, revolution, and the human condition. And uh, she's also a healer. She has a website, uh, which is intuitivearts.com. Com. And the book you can buy, uh, you can get it on Barnes & Noble online, you can get it on Amazon, you can go into your local bookstore and mm -hmm. order it to mm -hmm. support your local bookstore. You can get it through my website at a discount if you buy 10. Mm -hmm. uh, you can buy it uh, on iBooks, you can get a Kindle edition, and I am praying that my audiobook shall come. <laughs> Okay, thanks so much for being here, Sally, and uh, this is Robin White Turtle Listney, and the show is Evolve. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carasella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. The music is by Claudia Vieja, Entre Nos. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.